0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.
1: Welcome to the Miracle of Healing, where we come together every week to discuss and discover a roadmap to healing. I'm your host, Lisa Campion, and I hope you can join us, since the world needs all the healing it can get, and we are healing the planet, one person at a time, right here on MindBodySpirit.fm. Hey everyone, welcome to the Miracle of Healing. So glad to be here with you. I'm Lisa Campion and today we're going to talk about a topic that is near and dear to my heart and that is all about dreaming. Well, we're going to talk about nightmares (laughs) and it's still a topic that's near and dear to my heart since I've been a, a dreaming kind of person my whole entire life. But nightmares, especially those caused by trauma, can not only disrupt your sleep but also leave us exhausted, on edge and kind of sour and haunt our even our waking hours. Good thing we have people like author and psychotherapist Linda Schiller who's going to show us how to turn our anxiety filled and heart pounding dreams into resources for our spiritual growth. Welcome to the show Linda.
0: Thank you. I love your other guest.
1: Oh I know she's always my cat. She's <laughs> got to come and say hello. <laughs> okay
0: my, my two are sleeping. <laughs>
1: So, let's talk about this topic dreams, dreaming, nightmares. such a fascinating topic to me. and I've been like a conscious dreamer, a lucid dreamer. I remember having my first lucid dream when I was like six years old, and it was Ooh. a nightmare. Ooh. and not only that, but it was a the ending to a nightmare. So I'd been having this recurring nightmare since I was really little about this sort of demon, this monster chasing me. And in my dream, I turned around and like, I made a decision, like I was mad at it I didn't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I turned around and I said, I know who you are. Like, I know your name. And even though I, I didn't really, uh-huh. it just got really small. It went, wow. it became this like little tiny, little mini monster and it ran away. And I, I actually never saw it again. I never had that dream again. And ever since then, I was like, dreams are cool, even nightmares. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I'm sort of fascinated by my own nightmares because I feel like it kind of gives me a, a look into my own subconscious, you know, yeah. yeah, which is super interesting to me. So tell me how you came into the world of dreaming and how did that how did that come to be something you work with sure
0: I will but I I just I can't resist first I have to just respond to what you said and tell you how impressed I am with your six-year-old wisdom to turn around and not only face your demon in the dream but to tell you you knew its name because you know throughout history and mythology and fairy tales and and all sorts of you know spiritual legends and stories Knowing someone's name gives you
1: power over them. Right. Rumpelstiltskin, Rumpelstiltskin, right? Was that the whole thing? You know, if you can guess my name, you're, you know. Yeah.
0: And when we have transitions in our life, sometimes we either take or are given a new name to honor that life transition. Mm -hmm. So you were one smart cookie at six years old.
1: Well, you know, I was very psychic. So I I was born psychic and I was having all these psychic experiences from the time I was really little and just always been had an incredibly powerful dream life. Hmm. And so I, I don't know why I knew how to do or how I knew how to do wow. that. I'm just glad somehow I figured it out. And I have actually been plagued by nightmares and recurring dreams pretty much my whole life. So hmm. this, um, this topic is something that I think is really important to talk about.
0: Yeah. So let me answer your other question and then we can talk about nightmares, particularly Someone like yourself, who has psychic abilities, who's had it since you were a child, nightmares have shown up all your life, there could be a number Mm. of different sort of layers of reasons why that's so, yeah. oh, and then we can talk about what you can you can do, um, if you if you would like to not have them so much. But um, so as a kid, I also was always interested in psychic and paranormal phenomena, and I wouldn't say that I was born a psychic, but I was born with a fascination for the mystery of life. So I explored alternative spiritual practices and pathways as a, since I was a child including Native American and Wiccan. And I grew up in Judaism, but I quickly became, not but, and I quickly became attracted to the mystical branch of Kabbalah. So I have studied that for a long time as well. Me too.
1: That's wow. my practice, current practice. Oh, yeah.
0: really? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So we're, we'll have to talk more after. <laughs> I <know>. right. <laughs> I didn't do too, too much with dreams when I was young. I had a few that I remembered my whole life. Uh, but when I got into my... 20s. Actually, when I graduated from college, my girlfriend and I went to Europe and we did, you know, we took the the trains and we had Eurail passes and we went all over. And I think that was my first experience of waking dream where the land spoke to me. And I was I remember I was in Greece and we came up over a mountain. I think we were on Crete at the time and down the other side. We were looking for I think we were looking for the nude beach, actually.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: This landscape opened up and I could feel and hear the rocks kind of talking to me. And it was very, Mm. very clear that we had come onto holy ground in that moment. Uh And that, I think, sort of was the, the, you know, kicking the right log, if you will, from the log jam that really opened me up to the whole world of uncanny ways of knowing and paying attention to looking and listening to things that we might not ordinarily look and listen to. So after I was in Greece, I lived in Israel for five years and then came back to America, to the Boston area. And here, finished my graduate school work, and here a friend moved up from New York City and said, I'm really done with New York. It's too big of a city for me. I really want to settle in Boston. But the only thing I miss is my dream circle. So I'm going to start a dream circle here. And she said, will you be in my dream circle? And I said, yes. And then the next thing I said was, what's a dream circle? (laughs) <laughs> somehow my, my intuition knew to say yes, even before I actually knew what it was. And that was where it started, really. I was in my mid to late 20s. And um, the Dream Circle is basically a group of people who get together on a regular basis to share their dreams with each other and talk about their dreams and help each other figure out you know what the messages are, what the meanings are, and what the instructions for life are based on the information coming through. And that was close to 40 years ago. Uh-huh. So, you know, we've we've continued to meet. And initially, none of us really knew that much. So we read books and we went to workshops and we studied. And then I continued you know, to incorporate it into my professional life as well. And at this point in time, I've written a couple of books, many articles, and do dream work with my clients and run dream circles for other people who want to learn how to do their own dream circles as well.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I love that story. So I grew up in Newton. So we're neighbors. Oh, we're neighbors. <laughs> yeah. I live in I live in Rhode Island now, but I grew up in Newton. So and I remember telling my, my sister my dreams <clears throat> in the morning and we would sort of talk about our dreams. And then when I went to junior high school, my one of my junior high school English teachers made us keep a dream journal and taught us about dreaming, you know? So and that's when really things took off for me. But let's talk about this topic of your book, uh the your current book is really about PTSD and nightmares. Right, that's right. So Let's kind of zero in all the things we could talk about. Let's kind of zero on in on that one, so we can we can talk a little bit about what your work in your book. Why why do we have nightmares? I mean, for in my personal experience, I feel like they come up in repetitive dreams too, because my I know my psyche is trying to heal something, is trying to bring something to my attention, and is look, kind of looking for a resolution that for some trauma. Like, am I on the right track with that belief? Tell me what you think of that. You
0: are absolutely on the right track, and. Nightmares can be generated from a variety of different sources. Sometimes it's simply at various developmental stages in life. Often, you know, children right around the age you were when you had that nightmare, during that period of time, like latency age, will have a lot of nightmares because they feel Disempowered and out of control, and like everybody's telling them what to do. And guess what? It's true because they're little and they're little people. So there's a developmental stage that we luckily outgrow, and that isn't necessarily related to trauma. There's another developmental stage in adolescence where. Adolescents famously don't like anyone telling them what to do. So if they feel there's too much control in their life, that will show up in their dreams as well. And it may not be trauma as you and I would def- define it, but it might feel traumatic to to the teenager. There are things like food that you ate, medications that you took, not you personally, but anybody, mm. substances that you've ingested, whether it's prescription or non-prescription, drugs and medications that can all contribute to nightmares. But the two main things, that uh, the one that's in the book, and then the other I want to really make sure to mention for you, is when someone has had traumatic events either in their own life or through their family history from the science of epigenetics, we now Mm -hmm. know that we can carry family stories in our body minds that aren't necessarily our own personal stories, but they're Mm -hmm. unresolved stories and traumatic events from the past that can also show up in our dreams and nightmares. Mm-hmm. And then people like yourself who are very thin bounded who can traverse worlds and veils between worlds more easily. Sometimes there may be a, uh, if I can use the word supernatural element, because you did use the word demon, and not whether or not you or, or the listeners believe literally, there can be a sense of being infiltrated, if you will, by beings or personages, yeah. angels from other other realms, mm-hmm. and then we have to attend to our our boundaries to make sure that everybody stays on right. the right side of the of the of the void, right. so to speak. Yeah. They're supposed to. <laughs> wow,
1: that's super interesting. Yeah. So, and, and I always knew that, that sometimes my dreams were my inner, like an inner experience. Some, some part of myself that wasn't being attended to in my conscious mind mm-hmm. is rising up to be like, um, excuse me, there's something you need to deal with here, you know? Yeah. And, and that sometimes outside forces were coming into my dreams, you know, like you said, so it's kind of spiritual beings. And I mean, people have like prophetic dreams or psychic dreams where, in my work where I train people to do psychic work, I find a lot of people, there are, our, our egos, our conscious mind is too heavy for, it's too controlled or too, like, dominant to allow mm-hmm. in yeah. some of this otherworldly stuff. And so sometimes the only time we're open for communicate right. being communicated with is when our, our ego mind is sleeping, <laughs> you okay. know, and then it, yeah. it kind of opens up our spirit self to these other things, but... What do we do? Like what if we have nightmares, what do we do to resolve them? So there in one chapter of the book near the end, I also
0: actually have sort of a little cookbook almost where I talk about what you can do before, during and after a nightmare to help resolve them. The first thing really is to pay attention. Right? Because, like you said, if there's something unresolved in our system that we haven't sufficiently worked through, we haven't sufficiently metabolized, it will sit like an undigested lump of food in our system. And it'll keep knocking on the door saying, just the way you're saying, there's something here you need to deal with. And if you don't, then we're going to just keep coming and we're going to get louder and louder and bigger and bigger until you finally pay attention. So, if we honor our unconscious self and our non-ego mind and if we honor forces within and without us and we say we're taking you seriously thank you for the gift of calling notice to whatever this is i'm going to pay attention that's a great way to start helping your nightmares kind of quiet down because then your unconscious can say oh good we have her attention we don't have to be so strident (laughs) anymore Mm -hmm. so that's step one to honor and respect the messages from our dreams and nightmares And then step two is just the way your wonderful junior high teacher did is get a journal, keep it by your bed and record the dreams that you have. And also the way you did as a 6 year old, you know, we we name it to tame it. So and Mm -hmm. writing something down will get it out of your head. And out of your body, mind, and onto a piece of paper where it can be anchored. And then you don't have to think about it during the day. You don't have to sort of ruminate on it because you can say, oh, I wrote it down. And when I have the time and the space and the safety and the accompaniment that I need to deal with this, then I'll go back because I've, I've anchored it down in my journal.
1: Yeah, those are great. I mean, I love those ideas. So let me ask you this question like, what do we do? And I love dream interpretation. Dream interpretation is really similar to actually learning how to interpret psychic messages it's kind of like you have to kind of work from the same part of our mind that's about understanding symbols and symbolic or you know language um so i find um you know learning dream interpretation is really good practice for people that want to develop their psychic skills because Mm -hmm. it's kind of the same but there is a skill really in learning how to interpret dreams because you could have a nightmare and wake up in the morning be like what did that felt terrible but what did it mean right so how do we learn to, to interpret our dreams So one
0: of the things that I have learned over the years, I'm a member of an organization called IASD, the International Association for the Study of Dreams. And there are a variety of sort of caveats and and ethics in in doing dream work that we learn through this organization. And one of them is we actually don't use the word interpret. Hmm. So I don't interpret your dreams. You don't interpret anybody else's dreams. I don't even interpret my own dreams. But what we talk about is dream work. And we talk Hmm. about being a guide to ourselves and others, to help understand and peel back the multiple potential layers of meaning that any dream or symbol might have. Because we all share a common culture, particularly if we're speaking the same language, but even if not, as human beings, we share a common humanity. So there are going to be some images and symbols that come through in our dreams that are pretty universal, and we can always check to see if our dreams or nightmares sort of fit in with some of those universal associations. But we all have our own idiosyncratic repertoire of dreams Mm. and symbols and images and metaphors. So we need to learn to figure out each time we have a dream, what does this symbol mean? What is this metaphor referring to? And sometimes it's different from dream to dream. And Mm. as you begin to do dream work and you get more familiar with your own style and repertoire of dreaming you can develop a compendium if you will of common dream themes that i have or common dream symbols that i have so you can sort of do the the shortcut then and say oh i often have a dream about an ocean and when i dream about an ocean it often means this let me check right. and see if that fits for this dream
1: oh that's super cool so we have there's the universal symbol library yeah and then there's a personal symbol library right. and our Personal symbol library trumps the universal symbol library, mostly, right? When in doubt, the true meaning of a dream
0: is with the dreamer, him yeah. or herself. So what, so what does when, this mean to me? What does it mean to me? In right, this when moment? you get the aha, uh-huh. when you get that yeah. frisson, and I imagine because I've done psychic work as well, when you get a bone knowing or a tingle mm-hmm. or, a, mm-hmm. or a embodied clue that you're on the right track when you're connecting with someone from another realm, it's the same idea when you're connecting with the true
1: um, messages and meanings of your dream and your dream symbols. So cool. I wanna hear so much more from you, Linda, but let's take a really short break. So we are back with Linda Schiller talking about her book PTS dreams Wow okay so let's carry on so I learned a technique that I, I found has found very effective over the years for nightmares and recurring dreams that has to do with rewriting the ending of the dream you know like you get I get in my journal and and I rewrite what's going on Does, is that something that you recommend yes. So there are many, many things you can do. And one of the things that
0: I talk about in my book is, is the Gaia method, which is the guided active imagination approach. So there are right. there are two steps there. And if you feel safe and comfortable enough with your dream and your nightmare so that you're not overwhelmed by it or you're not terrified by it and you feel like, I can just go and work with this on my own, then by all means, go ahead and do so. If either you know or suspect or someone else knows and suspect that this dream is really terrifying and really overwhelming that I highly recommend that they go really slowly and carefully using some variation of the Gaia method, which starts with establishing safety at multiple levels of being before Mm. working with the dream material. Super
1: important. Yeah. I love that.
0: Thank you. But to, so, so that's one on one foot. But to respond to your question about rewriting and ending, there's a whole school of st- or style of dream work called IRT, which is image rehearsal therapy. And the basis of that is basically very similar to what you learned either on your own or somewhere to do. And what I tell people is when you wake up from a nightmare, that this isn't where the dream necessarily ended. It's just where you woke up. Hmm. So, therefore, it's your dream, it's your unconscious, it's your visitations from whoever was there in your dream and you're dreaming about. So you can, in waking life, re-enter the dream. This is Jungian active imagination. You can go back Hmm. inside the dream and dream it forward until such time as you get to an ending that feels safe, comfortable, and resolved for you, just the way you were saying. And then what you do with the IRT, the image rehearsal therapy, then you practice the new ending. So before you go to sleep at night or various places during the day, rather than the ending being, I'm standing at the edge of a cliff, the saber-toothed tiger is running after me. And in any minute, I'm either going to be attacked or I have to jump off into the abyss. Instead, you could say, and at the last minute, a magic carpet showed up and I just stepped right on the magic carpet and gently floated off to my magic safe treasure island and end the dream that way. Rather than wow. being walled or or
1: die by plunging, right? So we can maybe solve we solve these dreams through sort of these magical or symbolic. We mm-hmm. don't always need to find a perfectly logical solution. And and um, I had a friend. He was a combat veteran, and he would have terrible dreams, terrible nightmares of re- reliving, you know, really horrific yeah. things that he had to witness. So sometimes these PTS, I mean, oftentimes these PTF dreams are really no joke. They're really, you know, terrifying. They're really pointing directly to a very specific trauma that we understand and can, you know, can look at. And I'm assuming that these techniques also work with that kind of dream.
0: Yeah, there, there are two kinds of PTS dreams, post-traumatic stress dreams One are those that come in symbol and metaphor that aren't clearly related to something we've experienced, at least not right away. We have to kind of unpack those to figure out. And then there are dreams that are replay of events that we've gone through. And very frequently combat veterans will have exactly those. So with a combat vet, using magical solutions is probably not going to resolve his or her nightmares right away. So Mm -hmm. with someone who is waking up feeling like, oh, yes, And my buddy just stepped on a bomb and blew up in front of me. Magic carpet's not going to do the trick. Uh So here's where we want to go very slowly and carefully, set up a lot of safety before the dream, have them uh, really have a safe place, have safe people, real, spiritual, alive, dead, imaginary, objects, pets, whoever and whatever it is that makes them feel safe, And ask them once they feel very safe to go back into the dream, but stand outside it or stand at the edges. This is in waking life now, so that they can peek inside the dream from an external safe place rather than be overwhelmed by it and ask them in real time, and then what happened? Sometimes the best dream work is simply asking the dreamer, and then what happened? And what happened next? Because if your friend is talking to you today about their experience in the war, then they're not still having the experience in the war. They're having the memory of the experience in the war. So this Mm -hmm. is where best practice trauma treatment and dream work come together. And in trauma treatment, part of the work is helping people to reorganize the timeline of what was then and what is now. So we're not still living in the then. We're not stuck in the trauma loop of the past, right? right? These are like flashback yeah. dreams is what yes, yes they what are. Yeah. So if we can say, okay, that happened 20 years ago. Let's remember that. Let's somehow anchor that memory and let's now upgrade your operating system. Let's get the latest version of the computer program that is about 2022 and not 1982 so that your system can upgrade and know these things happened, it's true, it's real, and they're no longer happening now, and you survived, and here's what you're looking towards in the future as well. That's beautiful.
1: Thank you for that, Linda. Sure, you're welcome. Let's talk about everyone's favorite nightmare. I don't know if it's a favorite nightmare, but it's probably the most common and that is the good old anxiety dream, you know. You're in high school. This is the one that I have. I'm back in high school, but I'm the age that I am now, and I'm I've got a test, but I don't remember where the classroom is or what my locker combination was or what my schedule is. And oh my god, did I even take Latin in high school? Like I have a Latin exam, like you know. And then you've got no pants on, then you have to deal yeah. with, like, you know, the fact that you're in your pajamas or you're, you know whatever. Yeah. So. We all have a version of the anxiety dream, I know. And let's talk about that because it's probably the most common nightmare. Do you think it is?
0: It's certainly one of them. And and the combination of test anxiety and being inappropriately or not dressed (laughs) for the occasion are are two very common things. So here, we're not looking at the literal, right? Like if combat vets or someone who is a survivor of a natural disaster, the floods and all Earthquakes. Here, we want to think about okay, this is related, and then we look at the metaphor. What does it mean to not have pants on, right? So, if you were going to free associate Lisa to that, right? If you were to
1: just like I would say being underprepared, unprepared, you know, vulnerable, you know, Mm -hmm. those probably are a lot like feeling lost. Beautiful, right? Yeah. And so, I might add if it, what we say in the dream world, we say,
0: so that I'm not telling you what your dream means. I say, if it were my dream, right? Mm -hmm. So if it were my dream and I had no pants on, I would also think about being exposed or being Being overexposed um, Mm -hmm. in addition to the things you said. So you and I, or you and whoever you're talking about dreams with, would share your various associations to what does it mean to have no pants on? And what does it mean to think I'm not going to pass this test or I'm not prepared for the test. So there's layers, right? One is, is there any truth here? Did that ever happen to you? Did you ever show up at school or to your work environment and realize, oh shit, I, I didn't put on the right clothes in the days of, you know, here we are zooming, you know, mm-hmm. because of the pandemic. And now we I think all a lot know. of people work without their pants on right now. We, we gym. <laughs> oh, I just have to be dressed for the <laughs> So, and, and then what happens if you accidentally forget you're wearing your jammy bottoms and you stand up on the screen and like, <laughs> whoops. So, so we check to see if there's any reality there. Um, we check to see if was there ever a time where you forgot a test, weren't prepared for a test, failed a test and felt terrible and were just mortified. And is no. that lingering in any way, shape or form? So that's sort of like, you know, the literal mm. And All then right. we covered that. Then we say okay, so not being prepared not having studied enough for a test. I can't find my locker. I can't find the room. What does that mean in my life today? Because in your dream, you said you're back in high school. Right. So then the next question, might be, okay, where in your life today, or is there anywhere in your life today? Are you feeling not quite prepared or like you can't find your way or there's, you're going to be tested in some way. And you're not sure you're ready for it so look at the the metaphor mm-hmm. of the test rather than literally i have to do you know calculus here or
1: long division yeah that makes total sense i can see how all the elements come in and even why it would be high school because i think that was sort of a an age of like a lot of insecurity and uncertainty and trauma in a way you know like yeah i've i've i have to go to my 40th reunion and i'm like how am I going to feel when I walk in the building, you know, well, it's it's gonna, a, like it's that. Yeah. So, so I think it is a, it's sort of the scene of the crime for me in a lot of ways, but yeah, right. I, I love right. that. I, I love all of those um, layers. Right. And the, cause our, our psyches unfold meaning in that kind of right. layered way. Right. right. And if you want, I don't know
0: how we're doing on time, but another thing that I talk about in, in both of the books is the Pardes method um, that is based on looking at various layers of the dream, and just super quickly it's a it 's a word pardez means orchard in Hebrew and it 's also an acronym for ever deepening ways of reading holy books it 's from the Kabbalistic reading, but I applied it to doing dream work. so the top layer is the simple the storyline layer right so the key um, is means is shot, which means the simple layer. The next layer is R, which is the rims which is the hinted at layer. So we're starting to get the hints. Oh, as, as you just said, like, you know, scene of the crime. I was anxious in high school. There were things that were really hard. You don't have to dig too deep to get to that layer. The next right. layer is where we, is the D, the drash, which in It's from the word Lidrosh, which means to pursue or to chase after. And here's the layer where we really work the dream and we use a whole variety of different types of dream work methods, whether it's Mm active imagination or gestalt, where you become every character in the dream, or IRT or any number of embodied dream work to see how much other peeling there is. And then the last layer is the sort of the secret layer. And here's where... We are traversing time, space, other realms, other dimensions, it's a spiritual layer. We might have visits from departed relatives, we might have beings mm-hmm. from the other side. So we look at all these layers if we have the time and the desire to see
1: how much that dream is containing. And what oh, it's so powerful. cool. I love that. Yeah, that's super that's super interesting and it makes sense to me that it would apply to the, you know, the sacred texts as well as it to our our psyche, you know, what's happening in there. Mm. Such cool stuff. Linda, thank you so much for being on the show with me today oh, and you. talking about this topic. I love it so much. And thank you for the beautiful work that you're doing now. If people want to find you or your book, where can they find you? So the book, Pope PTS Dreams, uh, Transform Your Nightmares
0: from Trauma, through Healing Dreamwork has a website of its own. You can go to p- t- www.ptsdreams.com and you can read there all about the book and some endorsements and there are links for ordering it at a whole bunch of different places right on the website. You can get it from the publisher, Llewellyn. You, of course, can go to Amazon. You can go to bookshop.org, which is a indie bookstore um, online group. Um, and then I have my own personal website, Linda Yael Schiller, all uh, one word, dot com
1: where you can learn more about me and my work wonderful well thank you so much for being with us linda that was such a great topic thank you very much thanks for having me and thanks all of you guys for joining in i know you want to hit that subscribe button right now so you don't miss a single word of the amazing podcast that we do here and if you want to find me you can at lisacampion.com come over and visit me on my website and I really work with psychics, healers, and empaths to help them step into their gifts since I think the world needs all the healers it can get. And I have a lot of resources for you at my website. Thank you so much for being here with us today on The Miracle of Healing, where we are healing the planet one person at a time, right here on Mind, Body, Spirit FM.